Hello and welcome to the Gospel Boldly podcast where we confess with St. John that these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We are your hosts, I'm Thomas Limke. And I am Pastor Eric Brown. And uh, we're, we're going to make a slight change to the show, at least for the time being here today. I'm going to give you a heads up. We're only going to go for half an hour. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, well, I, I'm speaking for Thomas. He might give a, a, a different fuller thing. But again, we need the short. So I'm going to do the short one. Uh, Thomas sells cars for a living. Mm-hmm. People quit slash got fired. So they're vastly understaffed, which means Thomas has to be in lots. So therefore, until they get a little bit more help up there, we're, we're going we're gonna to cut down our time here. So so all work and no play doesn't make Thomas a dull boy and he starts going stabity stabity and killing people. Which Especially I Especially when we're reading the judges and everything goes to pot and I mean, <laughs> there's lots of violence. I mean, so, so I would just feel better knowing that Thomas gets plenty of rest and we don't overtax him. Does That's that fair. work? Yeah. Well, and, and two, I should note, if I just spontaneously break down into a quivering mass of tears of exhaustion... Just go easy on me on social media. <laughs> Any of you in the Oklahoma City area, you might want to go buy a car from Thomas. Um, there you go. All right. Uh, other than that, we're good. I, I'm running around like mad. We're, we're getting ready to fill out. Here's my news. We're getting ready to fill out the application for a vicar. So, I approve. So in the, in the future, there might come times where it's like, where Thomas is, okay, we're going to slow it down and just do a half an hour because the vicar's <laughs> and and we don't need Pastor Brown going nuts with that. All right. But but for a bit, we'll see how this goes, all right? I love it. So let's dive on in. Cool. So we're in right. Judges 10, verse 6, as you oriented me a while ago. All right. And, and to set us up where we've been and where we're going, we've just finished the story of Abimelech, Gideon's son, who was lousy and wretched. And, and then we have just a, a few other, well, yeah, there was... There were a couple of other judges, and they did stuff, and that was it. There you go. And then we're going to get into, well, it's labeled here in my book, Further Disobedience and Oppression. Ah, I think we've heard this song. (laughs) Hear the song of my people. Right. All right, let's dive on in. Okay. The people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroth, the gods of Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the Ammonites, and the gods of the Philistines. And they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of the Philistines and into the hand of the Ammonites. And they crushed and oppressed the people of Israel that year. For 18 years they oppressed all the people of Israel who were beyond the Jordan in the land of the Amorites, which is in Gilead. And the Ammonites crossed the Jordan to fight also against Judah and against Benjamin and against the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was severely distressed. Now, do you note in this how how they're serving all the various gods around them? This isn't just a, yeah, we, we fell into Baal worship. Mm-hmm. Or, or, oh, okay, all right, the Ashra. No, it was five different types of deities were worshipped, and 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 amongst those fives, not even the Lord getting a, a whiff. They just stopped worshiping him at all. Mm-hmm. So, so what you're seeing is this: this isn't just falling into air. This isn't even just we're going to adopt pagan ways, but we're going to keep our old Christian stuff. We're gonna we're gonna mix everything up with syncretism. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Well, we'll have multiple and, and and we'll hedge our bets and keep God in our back pocket. This is a full bore. We are going to do the pagan lifestyle of our neighbors. 
And, and that's what we want. We want to be part of the culture around us. And what happens? The culture says, all right, here's where you fit in the culture around you. <laughs> Enjoy your oppression. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I, I had a thought and it went away. And so you want me to keep reading now? <laughs> Multiple work for Thomas. Uh, yes, uh-huh. carry on. All right. You're probably going to tell some poor guy in the car lot, oh, yeah, this is about da 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 and, and they'll be very confused and then you'll cry and all that. All right, yep. carry on. Will happen. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord saying, we have sinned against you because we have forsaken our God and have served the Baals. And the Lord said to the people of Israel, did I not save you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites, from the Ammonites and from the Philistines? The Sidonians also and the Amalekites and the Moanites oppressed you. And you cried out to me and I saved you out of their hand. Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods. Therefore, I will save you no more. Go and cry out to the gods whom you have chosen. Let them save you in the time of your distress. And the people of Israel said to the Lord, We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems good to you. Only please deliver us this day. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. And he became impatient over the misery of Israel. Now, this is interesting because again the pattern is the 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 fan is hit with stuff mm-hmm. and people finally come to their senses they repent they they hit rock bottom but this time instead of just raising a judge there's a preacher and and the word of the lord goes to the people saying uh you've got all these other gods go try them cuz i mean you're <laughs> you're not that interested in me let them help you out mm-hmm. a- and go, go look at your other boyfriend. Yo, you got a flat tire. Why don't, why doesn't your other boyfriend help you out? I, I was reading something online where, where it was uh stories of how uh, uh, people became good friends. And mm-hmm. the story started off. I, I asked my ex boyfriend to help me move and he brought his new girlfriend <laughs> and, and, and the two gals become friends. But my first huh. thought is, why are you asking your ex-boyfriend to help you? Oh, man. Yeah. No, this is Jesus saying, this is God basically saying, hey, you've got, you, you kicked me out. You you, you picked <laughs> a new, you, you get the new boyfriend to help you move. Uh, no, no, no. no football we team, me- actually. <laughs> no, no, no. We messed up, man. We messed up. So, so there, there is this, you, you deserve, you can give us whatever we deserve and we've got no ground to stand, but, uh, but uh, we're going to get rid of these other gods and, and we'll just take what you give us, mm-hmm. which is a good place to be because what happens, God then becomes impatient over the misery of Israel. Now, does that sound like a strange phrase to you? Uh, not for scripture, I suppose, um, but it's not the way I normally hear it expressed when God is, you know, feeling that, I guess, way. <laughs> I don't know. All right, here's something that, ooh, let's go get uncomfortable. Uh Um, One of the things that comes up is that there are times when God allows hardship to come upon people. And the note is that this is not done necessarily out of spite or hate or anything, but as a father chastises his child, as the, the, all right, you're going to get a punishment because it's it will build your character. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the, the, you get examples of that where where the, the old classic one would be, 
I, I've heard it from many of my dad's generation where, well, when I was 12, I snuck out and I, I stole one of my dad's cigarettes and he caught me. So what he did is he made me smoke the whole pack and I got, <laughs> I, I mean, the, the point of that is not, I am wrathful and I don't like you. It's, no, I am going to, to discipline you. I'm going to, to give you a lesson that will make you grow in intelligence and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And yet, even as God is allowing this, this chastisement, he's impatient over it. He, he, he's gotten up to cigarette number 10. It's like, okay, the, 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 this is already <laughs> setting. I, I don't know if I have to make him make the, smoke the whole pack. Yeah. So, so it just does reinforce the fact that when God allows these things to go on, it's not, aha, I'm cackling with glee. I'm the God who has schadenfreude or schadenfreude. What is schadenfreude for those who do not know Thomas? German. German. It is literally <laughs> the delight you have in the misery of others. Oh, okay. So it's a great word, and and sadly I have it too often. Uh, I I admit it. I, I'm a Cubs <laughs> fan. I, I delighted in the misery of of Cardinal fans last year. But that's neither here nor there. But God does not treat us with Schadenfreude. He does not delight in our misery, and so He is impatient. He He is eager to get to the the rescue, and so that's what we have. Perfect. All right, let's carry on. All right. Then the Ammonites were called to arms, and they encamped at Gilead. And the people of Israel came together, and they encamped at Mizpah. And the people, the leaders of Gilead, said to one another, Who is the man who will begin to fight against the Ammonites? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. All right, so now, now it's time for deliverance, and, and it, no doubt just kind of shows up. It, it goes quickly. Why? God's impatient. So, boom, here's two armies. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, who's our leader? Uh, no, this is not the way it normally goes. Normally God raises up the judge and then he has to go round up the people. No, this is all right. We're ready to go. Oh, wait, where's the judge, man? Dude, we (laughs) forgot the judge. What's going on? So, uh, and any thoughts there? Uh, nope, nope, nope. Let's get the, uh, the next paragraph and see what we got there. Starting chapter 11. Uh Uh-oh, we're bankrupt. No, no, no. Wrong chapter 11. (laughs) Judges chapter 11. All right. Now Jephthah the Gilead, uh, Gileadite, mm -hmm, going with that, was a a mighty warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute. Gilead was the father of Jephthah, and Gilead's wife also bore him sons. And when his wife's sons grew up, they uh, drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall not have an inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. And worthless fellows uh, collected around Jephthah and went out with him. All right. So here we have Jephthah. And uh, what's his background? Well, um, an awful lot like Abimelech for, for just comparison's sake, weirdly. To a certain extent, yes. But but even worse, because at least Gideon kind of took care of, of Abimelech. Yeah. But yeah, he, he, he's the son of a whore. Um, Thomas... If I say, oh, you are the son of a whore, is that generally accounted even today to be a good thing or an insult? Yeah, them, them's fighting words in the in most respectable traditional company, and, even still. And, and note how he's treated by the rest of his relatives. Yeah, you get out of here. So basically, the only place this guy has to go is to, I like the, uh, he lives out in the land of Tobe and worthless fellows collect around him. Mm-hmm. In other words... He's an outcast. He, he's he's a ruffian. He's a highwayman because 
he's been kicked out because mm-hmm. he he's not from the right family. He's not good enough for us. Um, is this the type of person you would expect to rise up and end up being the one by whom Israel is delivered? No, by all accounts so far, he is uh, not just surrounded by worthless men, but worthless himself. Right. He, 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 he is one whom uh, is not esteemed, whom they have no regard for. Huh. One who eats Gee. with sinners. <laughs> oh, eats with sinners. Okay, okay, okay. Are, are you seeing what some of these things do become kind of thematic and do point forward? <laughs> e- even the judges with their flaws do point forward to the great one who does come to fully deliver Israel. But so, all right, so just keep that in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's do a few more of our, uh, no, actually, how about we break now? Yeah. Let's good break go. now. We'll break now. All right. And welcome back to the Gospel Bobbly Podcast, abbreviated version. And as part of our backwards approach to this uh, this podcast and this time of busyness, we're just going to carry on with the text. Um, unless any of you like leave questions or something on our Facebook page, then we'd probably like you know, answer that. But other than that, the we're funny just going to is my wife did leave a question. <laughs> also, we have a question from last June or July from a listener that we kind of never got around to. I never saw it. I was never notified it was there. Yeah. To my knowledge from Facebook. Facebook. was kind of weird. So I, it I, might I be worth want... it for me to go back and dredge the Next records. week. Next time. Next time. Let's, yeah, yeah, let, yeah. Let, let's carry on. I, I think we'll be dealing with Jephthah for a while, but let, let, let's carry on. Let's go on. Okay. Start on up. Verse, Verse four. After a time, the Ammonites made war against Israel. And when the Ammonites made war against Israel, the elders of Gilead went uh, to bring... uh, Jephthah's name is going to like cause me a lot of issues. This PH sound tough. Went to bring Jephthah from the land of Tob. And they said to Jephthah, come and be our leader, that we may fight against the Ammonites. But Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, do you not hate me and drive me out of my father's house? Why, uh, why have you come to me now when you are in distress? And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, That is why we have turned to you now, that you may go with us and fight against the Ammonites and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Now, now doesn't this sound like the, the, the setup to like a bad action flick? Somewhat. Well, they, they kicked me out. Why are you coming to me now? You didn't like me before. <laughs> oh, we need Starring you. Diesel, for sure. Yeah. yeah. We we need you now. Come back and help us. I, I mean, it's um, this is kind of a, a oh 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 yeah. You're in trouble, so you do want the guy who has the uh, the skills that he learned from uh, dealing with the worthless fellows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or okay, great action movie, The Expendables. You need an expendable guy. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. I get. I get it. So so I'll lead you. And if I win, okay, I'll be the leader. But but if I get pasted, well, I I, I, I I'm the one that gets pasted. Wait, wait, why should I even do this? Because you guys kicked me out. I'm out here in Tobe because y'all didn't want me in by you guys. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh, you'll let me lead. All right, fine. Okay, let's see how this goes. Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, If you bring me home again to fight against the Ammonites, and the Lord gives them over to me, I will be your head. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, The Lord will be witness between us if we do not do as you say. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and leader over them. And Jephthah spoke all his words before the Lord at Mitzpah. 
now this is one thing where where you have a a new head now. We're we're gonna do things this way. You're gonna you're gonna follow my direction, follow my lead. And it is a a turn. Of course, you know what? That's probably what they needed because they probably had been up to no good anyway. So all right, we're we're gonna we're gonna go with this new way. All right, you guys ready? This this is the deal. We'll see how it works out. Okay. <laughs> all right. Then Jephthah sent messengers to the king of the Ammonites and said. What do you have against me that you have come to me to fight against my land? And the king of the Ammonites answered with messages of Jephthah. Uh, because Israel is coming up from Egypt. On coming to, up. On coming oh, on. up. Important distinction. Well, I'll reread that then. Because Israel on coming up from Egypt took away my land and from Arnon to the Jabbok and to the Jordan. Now, therefore, restore it peaceably. All right, so, so here's what the thing is. Uh, when Israel came up and took all that land, that was part of the land that the Lord gave them as part of the promised land, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So so to, to give this over peacefully would be what? It'd be an abject and direct denial of, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and into the land of Cana. It mm-hmm. would be a, a flat-out denial of God. And keep in mind, this is a while ago. So this is this is... Even in the ancient world, possession was nine tenths of the law, <laughs> right? So it's like, yeah, well, we we we've been here for for multiple multiple generations, but back in the day, two hundred years ago, this used to be your land. So, like, give it up, man. This is pretense. I mean, it makes sense. It's good land. We want it, but all right, we've got a position of strength, and now we will renegotiate the treaty. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's see. Jephthah again sent messengers to the king of the Ammonites and said to him, Thus says Jephthah, Israel did not take away the land of Moab or the land of the Ammonites. But when they came up from Egypt, Israel went through the wilderness to the Red Sea and came to Kadesh. Israel then sent messengers to the king of Edom, saying, Please let us pass through your land. But the king of Edom would not listen. And they also sent to the king of Moab, but he would not consent. So Israel remained at Kadesh. Then they journeyed through the wilderness and went around the land of Edom and the land of Moab and arrived on the east side of the land of Moab and encamped on the other side of the Arnon. But they did not enter the territory of Moab, for the Arnon was the boundary of Moab. Israel then sent messengers to Sihon, king of the Amorites, king of Heshon, Heshbon. And Israel said to him, Please let us pass through your land to our country. But Sihon did not trust Israel to pass through his territory. So Sihon gathered all his people together and encamped at Jahaz and fought with Israel. And the Lord, the God of Israel, gave Sihon and all his people into the hand of Israel, and they defeated them. So Israel took possession of all of the land of the Amorites who inhabited that country. And they took possession of all the territory of the Amorites, from the Arnon to the Jabbok, and from the wilderness to the Jordan. So then the Lord, the God of Israel, dispossessed the Amorites from before his people Israel. And are you to take possession of them? Okay, now, now, now wait a second. You're making a claim about history that this was your land. Uh, well, first of all, no, it wasn't your land. It belonged to another tribe. Here's how we got here. Second of all, uh, even if it did belong to you, frankly, the Lord gave us that land. It's mm-hmm. our, our, now, now, are you going to dispossess us 
of what the Lord has given us as a possession. No, that dog is not going to hunt. You don't have a claim, and even if you did have a claim, we're not going to give it to you. So you know what? You best just recognize that this is the way it is. No, you're not getting it. God gave it to us. So there. All right. All right. Will you not possess what Chemosh, your God, gives to you to possess? And all that the Lord our God has dispossessed before us, we will possess. Now, are you any better than Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he ever contend against Israel? Or did he ever go to war with them? While Israel lived in Heshbon and its villages, and in Aroer and its villages, and in all the cities that are on the banks of the Arnon, three hundred years, why did you not deliver them within that time? I therefore have not sinned against you, and you do me wrong by making war on me. The Lord, the judge, decide this day between the people of Israel and the people of Ammon. And the king of the Ammonites did not listen to the words of Jephthah that he sent to him. Now, it is interesting to note that with this back and forth, Jephthah, who's now been put in lead of the people, and they're already itching for the fight. They've got a, a, an army ready to go. The first thing he does is try to talk out of it. He tries to look for peace. No, this isn't going to be an attempt for me to go get plunder. Frankly, I'd rather not fight. And there's no reason we should be fighting. Things should be nice and peaceful because we haven't done you guys anything wrong. And frankly, hey, our God has given us this land. You don't want to follow our God? Well, take what your God has given you and be happy with it. That, that, that's my advice. Just, just be content with what you got because otherwise it's going to go bad because the Lord will judge between us. And guess who gave us this land already? The Lord. So mm-hmm. step back, bro. All right? <laughs> step off. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Verse 29. Then the spirit of the Lord was upon Jephthah, and he passed through Gilead and Manasseh and passed on to Mizpah of Gilead. And from Mizpah of Gilead, he passed on to the Amorites, Ammonites. And uh, Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, If you will give the Ammonites into my hand, then whatever comes out from the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the Ammonites shall be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. So Jephthah crossed over to the Ammonites to fight against them, and the Lord gave them into his hand. And he struck them from Arwer to the neighborhood of Mineth, 20 cities, and as far as Abel-Karamim with a great blow. So the Ammonites were subdued before the people of Israel. All right. Now, um, did God instruct Japheth yeah, Jephthah, sorry, Jephthah, to make a vow. Nothing in the text gives that indication whatsoever. No no point, but no, he, he as God is my witness, if, if you do this, I will do this. Well, you don't need to make that vow. You know what God has already done. This is your land. He's the judge beside you. You don't need to make any vows to impress him. But for whatever reason, Jephthah decides to make the 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 rash vow, and the first thing I see when I come home in peace, I will make it a burnt offering. All right, there we go, man. That's awesome. So, yeah, I come home and see some cattle. I'll burn it. That's fine. Cool. All right. No problem. I'm cool like that. All right. Uh, let's read on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then Jephthah came to his home at Mitzpah, and behold, his daughter came out to meet with tambourines and with dances. She was his only child. Besides her, he had neither son nor daughter. 
And as soon as he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low, and you have become the cause of great trouble for me. For I have opened my mouth to the Lord, and I cannot take back my vow. And she said to him, My father, you have opened your mouth to the Lord. Do to me according to what has gone out of your mouth, now that the Lord has avenged you on your enemies, on the Ammonites. So she said to her father, Let this thing be done for me. Leave me alone two months, that I may go up and down on the mountains and weep for my virginity, I and my companions. So he said, Go. Then he sent her away for two months, and she departed, she and her companions, and wept for her virginity on the mountains. And at the end of two months, she returned to her father, who did with her according to his vow that he had made. She had never known a man, and it became a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went year by year to lament the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite four days in the year. Well, that's a happy story. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, now I, I'm looking at this. We we do get more stuff going with Jephthah. So he is a judge who get like a chapter and a half, but we don't really bring this story up. Um, Thomas, I'm gonna ask, why do you think we might not bring this story up often? Well, there's death and <laughs> the death of an innocent, right? Which is is weird that we wouldn't bring it up more often. But there you have it. Well, and and the thing that is is interesting about this is again, it's his daughter, his only daughter, and she's she weeps for her virginity. She's cut off there. It, it's it's not just her dying; it's the entire line. There, there's that's mm-hmm. it. I, I'm the only son, only child, only daughter, and I ain't got any kids. So that that's it. The the of course. Given how the uh, the family went for the last big time judge we had, maybe that's not such a bad thing. Okay, I suppose that was, that was perhaps a very cold calculated. But but you do get this; it, it it's heartrending, and and it really becomes a great object lesson against making the rash vow. Mm-hmm. One of the things that comes up, and, and this is something Luther is very good at warning us against is the presence or the idea of self-made religion. Um, that that, that we're jo- our job as Christians is not to try and figure out new ways to worship God, but rather we, we do what he tells us to do. We worship in the ways in which he has instructed us to worship. So therefore, um, I don't have to try and come up with new impressive things to, to worship God with. Instead, I should just do what he says. Now, has has God already instructed the children of Israel uh, a proper way to go about all their sacrifices and such like that? Yeah, he provided a comprehensive system. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you could just say, you know what? If I come back, I will offer the appropriate sacrifices to the Lord. You don't have to say, oh, I'll do whatever comes up. Yeah, yeah, that, that's not the way. So again, this becomes, this is sad. It becomes an object lesson on don't try and do your own thing. Don't try to out-pious God because mm-hmm. he has his own ways and that's what he's going to do. And, and so, all right. Well, that on that happy note. Wow. <laughs> we really, uh, maybe, so, so, uh, not seriously, but maybe we should do an extra 15 minutes just to get away from that one. But, all right. So but Thomas, no. <laughs> do not make, upon selling my third car this week, I swear, I, no, no, don't do that. No, no, just. None of that. Just, don't make up your own religion. Don't make up your own vows. Just rather, you know, 
Hey, take what the Lord gives you because he gives you good things. He gives you his son, Christ Jesus, and forgiveness and mercy. And he doesn't need you to make stupid vows about it. So just mm-hmm. receive the blessings that he has given you as a possession and go with it. So, all right. That works. Sounds fair. That works. All right. Have a good one, folks. Enjoy. Have a great time. Go buy a car from Thomas. <laughs> <laughs>